What's up, guys? We are back and fully nerd focused. Ding. Uh, obviously, the dust has settled since UFC Boston. It's in the books. UFC 292, not a great night. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. There's an elephant in the room. I mean, financially, it was a great night. Oh, financially, it was a great night. So it was like, you know, yeah. you beat the game. Which was the incentive of even taking this fight to begin with. That was the, the main thing. And even Sean said when uh, Aiden Ross asked me, like, um, why am I taking this fight kind of thing? And he goes, uh, because he knows he's going to make the most amount of money he's ever going to make. And I was just started laughing. I was like, yeah, you're actually right. <laughs> That's exactly why I took this fight. Um, obviously, I would have liked to have had a little bit more downtime to just decompress and enjoy a win. And not to say, like, I took the fight sooner than I should have. Um, that's besides the point. My thing is, with fighting, like, being active is cool, man. Like, obviously, we like to fight, compete, make money, get our clout up, get our name up, rise through the ranks. But I've done that already. You know what I mean? So, just to kind of give people perspective, like, I fought Corey Sanhagen. But before I fought the Sanhagen fight, I had to get my wrist surgery. I was out for a year. That was after I fought Pedro Munoz. So, I beat Pedro Munoz. I go get surgery, out for a year. I come back a year later, I fight Sanhagen. Someone on a tear, killing everybody, dominating the competition. I submit him in one round in less than two minutes. Just an insane way that the fight played out, right? Because everyone thought that was going to be a war, or he was going to show me levels, and I end up doing what I did. And after that fight, I'm supposed to fight Piotr Jan. I'm having the lingering neck issues. Jan pulls out of the fight, undisclosed reasons, personal reasons, they say. Blessing in disguise, because now I get more time to do rehab PT. So now we're in 2020. The fight gets pushed to 2021. We have the fight. I hurt my neck again before the fight. And then in the fight, I, I make it worse. When I get kneed in the head and get slammed on my neck, I end up having to get surgery. I'm out for another year. So it's... A year off from surgery, I come back, I go right into competition. So that means I've been doing PT and rehab, rehabbing the whole time, and then going right into a training camp, no break. You know what I mean? You're doing one to the other because you got to compete. You got to keep the, the division moving. You don't want to lose your spots, potentially fight for a title, number one contender fight. I get the title shot finally. Then I'm back under the knife again. And then I do the whole process all over again, a whole nother year of PT and just rehabbing the whole time. And then I go fight. Two year long training camps. Just what should I say? One year, one, two, two yeah, two year long, right? Two year long training camps. So two years gone, and then I come back from that and I fight Jan in the rematch. And then I go and I fight TJ after being told I'm gonna fight him in I think July. Then they push it to August. Then they push it to September. We're gonna headline in, in Vegas. Okay, we're gonna push you guys back to Abu Dhabi. So I'm training, stopping, training, stopping, training, stopping. I'm like, holy shit, I didn't, actually, I didn't actually get a physical break to just be like, I'm not fighting. I fought. I won. Can I just go on the beach, kick my feet up, and relax for once? I've done it after all my other fights. Except my title run from San Hagen on, I never had a chance to just, yo, just relax and just enjoy life for a little bit, you know? So that's just been the whole crazy episode that people 
kind of shit on me for like you always hurt I'm like yeah man you're right I, I have been getting hurt a lot and I've been trying to get my body to 100% so I can compete for the fans that's the price of being the best in the world ladies and gentlemen it's, welcome it's tough. I was just like bring the mic up just so I can make sure it gets your audio like uh, uh, yeah there it is pull up and uh Boom, right there yeah we don't want we want to make sure they hear this is good right voice. <laughs> my, my pop smoke voice yeah. I'm about to start I'm about to go by my woo but yeah man it's uh it's tough man like I want to be active I think I was just as active as anybody if not more in a five round fight more than a lot of guys who are having three round fights and one of the toughest divisions out there in the UFC right now so to go from that fight to the next and then the Henry Cejudo thing the whole my bicep partially torn which is still partially torn to go from rehab and doing all this stuff, still, yet again, no break because I'm constantly working so that I can get back to compete and do a training camp healthy. And I go through that fight. I think I'm getting a break. Enter Dana White saying I'm fighting Sean O'Malley in, in three and a half months. So it's, this has been the first time since 2019 that I've actually had time to just go, you mean to tell me I don't have anything to do? There's, I don't have to do any rehab. I don't have to do any type of physical therapy or follow-up. I don't have to worry about another guy that's trying to punch me two, three months later. I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to worry about the UFC saying, we're going to potentially fight you this day. And then they call maybe a few weeks later and say, no, we're going to push you back this day. And you know how hard it is to keep starting and stopping? Starting, stopping. Okay, we're going too hard. we got to pull back a little bit. Yes, yeah, our job, but... What's the, part of, what's the point of working hard your entire life and never getting downtime to actually enjoy it? People go on vacations, right, when they're at work. They take time off. They set aside the dates, and they know when that date's coming. And every time I think I know when it's happening, it gets taken away from me. So this is, like, the most relief I've had in a very long time, since 2019, where it doesn't feel like something's looming over the back of my mind and over my shoulders that I got to be like... Yeah, I'm having fun, but in the back of my mind, I know that this is coming up and it's creeping up and it makes me feel like if I party too much, I'm doing the wrong things. Now I'm just like, you know, I'm free, free to just live. And now I get to watch you guys. And I get to have fun and just chill. I can coach a little bit and actually enjoy the work that I put in. And yeah, it may not be off the W, but... Uh, and I think some people think that I'm happy that I don't have the belt anymore. I'm like, no, I'm actually pretty upset about it. Because the whole goal is to defend, take my breaks, tell everyone to fuck off, and then go to 145. But now, I can't quite do that. Well-deserved, nonetheless. Well-deserved. I pretty much came into the gym in 2019 and have seen the whole thing since. And it's absolutely mind-blowing the type of work you put in in the last four years. It's crazy. It's a lot, man. When I, when I look back at it, I'm like, dude, you've done some insane things to get here. And that's why when people give me hate, it's just like, I feel the people that hate on me just don't know what my story actually is. Because I think the people that did hate on me, when they do actually find out, there's like more of a respect factor there. Like, oh, I didn't realize it was all this stuff that was going on. And it's like, that, that's cool that people can be human once they get an opportunity to understand the other side. And that's the cool thing about it. It's like, yeah, I like being the villain a little bit. It's kind of fun playing the heel. Um, but it wasn't by design. <laughs> Definitely wasn't by design, but I embraced it, especially for this last one. And uh, this was a massive card. 
So even with the loss, man, I feel like the opportunity to, to be exposed to the mainstream media the way that we did, I mean, I won the first round, so I'm happy about that. Could have fought that way for the rest of the fight. It would have been a boring fight. And I took a shot, and unfortunately, I ended up on the wrong side of the highlight. And that's just the way the game goes sometimes. I still think you won over so many people the way you carried yourself. First of all, that was so heartbreaking to, to see that. But uh, I think the way you carried yourself post-fight, I think you won over a lot of people. I think a lot of people are actually going to be willing to hear all this stuff now about the injuries and all this. I don't think, I think when people are so clouded to boo and to hate, I don't think people even have enough patience or enough care to hear you out. But I think right now you get to let the, the story gets to unfold and everything that's been happening from the time you won the belt until now is going to be, people are going to be able to hear it. So... Yeah, if there's anything I want people to take away is perseverance, man. Perseverance is being resilient, not giving up on yourself. And even when things seem like you're swimming this upstream battle and it's just so hard to get ahead because you're fighting all these obstacles that you can't control. You only control what you do. And sometimes it can be so draining mentally and physically exhausting to, to be doing the same thing over and over and not feeling like there's really an end in sight. But if there's anything people can get from this whole saga for me, I, I just hope is that, you know, if you just stay the course and understand that the tough times really, they, they don't last, man. Like, it, it may feel like an eternity, like things may never get better. I feel if you just stay the course, you, you do realize that at some point, there is a light at the end of the tunnel because you keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep on going. And that's the hardest part, just staying mentally tough enough to where you could block out all the, the doubt and the negativity just to continue. So I'm, I'm, I wasn't making anything up, trying to play a character when I was doing a press conference. That's truly how I feel. It's like Sean's tracing a dream just like everybody else. So I'm, I'm actually happy for the guy. Did I think that he would have beat me if I had to bet my life on it? Like, if it was life or death, I would have bet the house that I'm walking out of there, the person with their vitals still intact. But that's just the game at the highest level, man, you know? So happy for him that he actually got an opportunity to fight for the belt. He might not have been the most qualified based on resume, but I always said it beforehand, and I'm saying it even after, and like, after the fact, dude, the kids, he's good at what he does. The kid's a good fighter. And I am interested to see how long he can actually hold on to that spot. I would love to get that rematch, though. I would love to get that rematch. Not to 2024, though. Fuck that. It's, <laughs> it's time to be 170 for now. It's time to be 170, maybe even 175 pounds. We'll see. You haven't been I'm 170 in six abs. months. Yeah, if I could keep my abs intact for a little bit, that'd be nice. Um, getting a little fluffy. <laughs> Just a little bit. But Monday, this is the first time I've actually been under 165 on a Monday. So I'm actually happy about that. So I, I would like the opportunity to run it back. They're probably going to do the Cheeto fight with the whole thing with Marab being out still, healing up, needing to go through a camp. Um, I think Marab would be ready for December. I, I would think that if they do make that fight, you know, I'll be there to help them. Um, Sanhagen, Umar, those guys are all out. 
So there's really no one else. It's almost like a process of elimination. But you do have Henry Cejudo. What's the timeline on Sanhagen? What did he tear his tricep, right? Tricep. It's like six, six months for that. And then to do a training camp. See, and that's the, that's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, there's only six months to heal. And then you got to get your lungs back. And yeah, you can get on the bike, but it's not the same, man. You got to go through a training camp. You got to go through the grind of teaching your muscles how to move again, going through the live sequences, grappling at a high level from 50 to 60 to 100%, sparring at 100%, and then getting ready for a fight. And that's not easy to do. And that's the mental fortitude and, and the battles that he's going to have to deal with to get back. And now he's going to face some adversity, seeing if he can be mentally disciplined this entire time all the way until the next time he makes that walk into the octagon again. And it's a lot, man. People think it's, you could fight, you could take a break, you could still train, leisurely train, but to do the grind of PT five days a week and then slowly get back into training, that, that takes a little bit more of a disciplined person and uh, we'll see how he does with recovery. So hopefully speedy recovery, I never want anything bad like that to happen to anybody. So. We'll see. But he's going to be out for quite some time, I think. Yeah, it's probably going to be like three months post the tricep healing, which is going to take six months. That's nine months. And then an actual camp, eight to 12, week, uh, eight to 12 weeks, let's say. So that's we're looking at a year. Injuries like that are usually a year, 10 months, the quickest, I, nine I say, months, the I quickest. Say nine is possible if he's comfortable jumping in that soon. But 10 is more realistic, I think as he wants to do it the right way and at least give his body some time to make sure that his uh, anatomy fills out and flows the way that it's supposed to. And God knows what's going to happen to the Bantamweight division within 10 months. Everything moves so quickly. Right. Who you might be, ha who knows, maybe by then you'll be holding the, the belt again. Maybe they will do the rematch next. Maybe you'll be holding the belt again. So maybe it'll be Aljo Sanhagen too when he comes back. Maybe he runs into another Aljamain fight. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. With this Bantamweight division, it's so stacked, and everybody's so close. And that top five, anybody in that top five could pretty much get that shot. It could be Marab, it could be Cheeto, it could be you again. So Umar is going to make his way back into the picture when he comes back. He's probably going to fight somebody from top five. So that Bantamweight, that Bantamweight division is looking interesting. I wanted to <laughs> ask you. So, like the last, the last time you lost, you were like fighting that uphill battle, and then you took the loss against Marlon. And then that's 2017. From that point, last time I lost. Like you, that's the last <laughs> time you felt like this. I feel like maybe yeah. this, th maybe this feels worse. But that was the last time you. No, that up. one felt way worse. Okay, so, but then this you came. Kind of just like, like you came. Life's good. It's like that. That was a reflecting point for you. You came back from there, went on the craziest run probably in bandway history. Yeah. Three title fight, four title fights, fucking historical, and now you're back. I don't want to say you're back at the same point, but like you're five title fights. But was it? Who's counting? Oh yeah. <laughs> Dang. Who's counting? Gee, Dang, I'm way off. <laughs> but yeah. And then now, but like now you're at like kind of a similar point, but now you've like already accomplished everything. Everything that I so wanted. So like, to. I wonder what the like the difference is between that point and this point, and how you like kind of look forward at the game from uh, the perspective of where you are right now. I yeah, I guess there's there's. People are going to wonder if the hunger and the desire is still there. And, uh, I mean, I'm a prize fighter, man. I fight for, I fight for the prize. So at the end of the day, it's like I'm, I'm here to get the bag. I'm here to make history, get the bag, and do the unthinkable. You know, so 
an opportunity to go back and get back something that I think I kind of gave up on a silver platter. I mean, like, just like from an analytical standpoint, if I just fought that whole first round the way that like I did that for the rest of the fight, like that's the fight. That's a Izzy Yoel Romero. That's a Carla Esparza Rose Namajunas. Not much, non-eventful, and I skate by with a win like that. It ain't pretty, but then I get the win. So it's like, did I want to win like that? No. Could I have won like that? Yes. So then I think about it like, it's not like I got killed. It wasn't like I, my competitiveness wasn't there where it's like, yo, Aljo doesn't look the same. It's, ah, you did something relatively silly that you knew the guy was good at, and the guy took advantage of it. And he slammed it home. It was, if, it, if I threw up a, a duck, and it was just a Hail Mary pitch, you know? So I, I threw it up, you slammed it out of the park, and that's what he did. Um, so when, when I think about it like that, it makes it, I can, I can justify it a little bit better in my head. But what I did talk about was, we all know that point when people get to their careers where they get to around my age, they go on a run, and then they lose, and they go on a run the other way. <laughs> And that's what I want to make sure that's not going to happen. I want to make sure that I'm coming back at the right time. I'm taking the time off that I need to miss it and to want to compete, not just say, I want to get it back. I want to get it back. Hey, that's cool, but you want to get it back when you, when you feel like you're ready and you're hungry. You want to be in the training room and you want to be doing all these things. Right now, I have no desire to do any of that. Like, I am burnt the funk out, <laughs> like just all the way out. And I think the sport will do that to you, especially at the highest level, man. Like, these are 25-minute fights now, and it's different. I even heard him out saying, like, he was hoping that he lost so he could go back to threes, three-round fights. And I was like, dude, you see? I was like, you see? Let's see how long you keep that belt because it's a lot of work. I was willing to do the, the up for the task, but I knew it takes a toll on the body, man. It really does. So my, my motivation is to get the belt back, of course. But if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then it's just like one of those things. Am I going to be extremely distraught about it? Like, oh, my God, uh, my life is so sad. Like, nah, dude, like, life's good. At the end of the day, no complaints about anything. I just regret throwing that stupid-ass left hand. That's, <laughs> that's the only thing I do regret. Hey, thankfully, you're in a position to even call the shots on your own return. You're gonna, that's going to be the difference. You know, you're not rushing to get back something because you need something. You are, you're going to take your time. You're going to do what you have to do. Get in the right mental space, physical space. You say then, amen? The, amen? It does, doesn't matter. Inshallah, amen. No, I was just wondering. I actually never thought about that. I mean. Yeah, what do we I mean? I mean. I mean. Okay. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Amen. I mean, same, same, same thing. Same thing. Okay, all right. Well, now I know. But yeah. You, and, you know, just to piggyback off of that, I think that's the beauty of this position I'm in. Um, I think a lot of times fighters are taking fights because they have to take a fight because they need the money or their back's against the wall or something along those lines. And I think when you have the freedom, you could be a little bit more in control and dictate your timeline and the schedule of competition of when you want to get back. If something doesn't suit you, okay, we'll take our time and then we'll wait for the right opportunity to come so that we can do things and play chess, not play checkers. Because that's what you want to do ultimately. You want to dictate your career as best as you can. And like even Sean, I always said this even from years ago, I was like, he's smart. He's taking the, he's taking the fights against the names that no one really knows and he's highlighting them 
and he's getting paid the same money, why go fight ranked opponents for the same exact pay? Take your time, build your resume, build your stardom, and that's what he did. And he took the shot, rolled the dice for 292, and he ended up coming out on top in the weirdest, it's like the universe aligned in the weirdest way for him. Somehow, some way is like, something just, I don't know, something was in the air that night. Yeah. And uh, kudos. It's know? crazy that it all just worked out his way. Like yeah. the whole time, it just worked out his way. Just and that then moment. It, and then it came out. Yeah. Cause it's not like, it's not like you put yourself in a vulnerable position in the first round. It was just literally one moment, one punch that, that got it done. It was one mistake. It wasn't like you kept making the same mistake or. Team like me up on the feet. Where yeah, it's like, it wasn't oh, that. Aljo striking a shite. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, nothing it wasn't like that. that. It was just nah, one it was moment. The one moment where your chin was available to be hit. Yeah. He hit it. I literally stepped with the cross. The one single. Planting my foot. And then as I saw him hop backwards and I saw the right hand come in and I just go, brace for impact. Yeah, the Douche. look on your face said, said it all. The look on your face said it all. And you could, I was like, ah. And you know that you you were aware of the, of that mistake yes. so you probably wouldn't have done that again had you gotten away with it with it yeah you wouldn't have done it again you would have made the adjustments you could tell by your face just embrace uh, just uh, embracing for bracing for impact like you said so i would have been like Woo, that was close crazy, dude. Bro. Crazy. <laughs> I'm like, that's close dude you almost got me, almost got me. <laughs> i'm like nah but he got me yeah I, I do think the stoppage though man i know there's some there's so many people who are split on this dude there was not one moment where i was actually out where I wasn't defending myself. I thought when I was moving, kicking my feet, trying to, like the guy was going batshit crazy, throwing all these hammer fists, trying to pick his shots. A couple of them landed, but nothing where it was like, yo, I'm rocked and concussed from the impact of the punch. So it was just weird. I'm just like, I, I, I know Goddard sometimes has a thing where he stops championship fights a little bit too soon. I know that he did, he kind of did that same thing with Kobe Covington and Usman, when Usman, when Kobe got to a single leg position and he tucked his head underneath to avoid strikes, then he jumps in and stops the fight. It's like, well, why not stop the fight where he actually got dropped? That actually makes more sense from a fighter standpoint versus where I'm thinking I'm intelligently advancing my position to show you that, hey, I'm still here. I know what's going on. I'm just trying to avoid more damage. How do I avoid more damage? How do I hide my head so I don't get hit anymore? So I'm thinking when I hit this backward roll, I'm about to get to all fours, and then Sean's still going to be there throwing hammer fists, and then I'm going to get the single. And then he stops the fight at that moment, and I'm just like, damn, dude, like, I know you see my eyes, and I know you could tell, like, you kind of fucked up. I'm not saying, it, not saying I would have came back and miraculously won. That fight either gets uglier, or, and maybe he puts me out cold, or I get to the leg and he gets tired, and maybe I get the takedown, and maybe it's a crazy five-round war. We now we just never know. A, a title fight is that one exception where you, out. yeah, yeah, like let let it let it happen, let it unfold. Sure. That that situation, it that was the fifty-fifty where it either would have been you, I don't know, you grab a leg, scramble, survive, whatever it may be, and then craziness yeah. unfolds, or he puts you out cold. Yeah. So you you were hurt, and then from that point, it's like okay, he's obviously hurt. He's hurt bad. It's either he goes out or but see, we'll I was see what I didn't even think I was hurt bad. But from the from the eyes and the optics, it looked like, oh, he's getting hit, he's getting hit, he's getting hit. But in my head, I'm moving and I'm trying to roll as best as I can roll to not let anything stick super crazy where it's just head impact in the canvas. 
So I thought I was doing a good job of that, seeing everything. Like, there was never a punch that hit me. I was like, yo, dude, I don't know where I'm at. Never once did I feel like that. And that was the part that was disheartening because I was just like, come on, man. Like, of all the opportunities for you to stop this fight, you stopped it now? I just want to know why you stop it when I do a roll backwards. It's not like he hit me so hard I did a backflip. <laughs> if it was like that, I'm like, okay, then you should stop that fight. So I, I, I just would like to know what Goddard was thinking. And this way it helps me know like, well, if I'm in this situation ever again, knock on wood, hopefully never, like what is my better option to showing him that I'm intelligently defending the, myself and wanting to stay in the fight? Because I thought I did the right thing strategically, but would it have been better if I came right up into a punch instead and then got laid out? I'm thinking if I backward roll, he has to track me. I get three, four seconds for him to pick a shot. And by time then, I can pick and get to an angle and get to a safer position. Yeah, I got hit. Dude, I'm on the ground. I got dropped. I'm going to get hit. Yeah, they're unanswered because I got dropped. I'm trying to stay in the fight. Yes, unanswered. That's natural. But what do you do to show, like, hey, man, I'm still with the shits. I'm still with it. And let me go out. Let me go out on my shield. Let this guy, if I got to take more shots and then go all the way out, let him take that shit out of my cold hands. That's what I wanted. I would have liked to have had that happen. If, the, if there is a way, if there is a blueprint on, on what to do uh, in a situation where you get dropped and you're hurt bad, I think what you were doing is more, is better than, like, like you said, if you would have postured up or tried to grab a leg too early where you catch a, yeah, to the side of the temple or something and then just, now you're out. So I think you created... A situation where somebody like myself, maybe I'm being biased, maybe not, but where I'm looking at it as like, okay, now it's 50-50. Either Aljo goes out or he's going to be able to grab a leg or something and keep this thing going. So I think if there is any perfect way to handle uh, getting dropped and being in uh, her position, it is to stay on your back, try to uh, try to scramble, try to keep him aligned in your guard. So that were you the way you were... Trying to recover is better than if you would have postured up and then just caught, caught a shot to the side of the temple. Yeah. Man, the dude cracked me right in the eye. So he got me with a good shot. So this eye was definitely... That's when you were on your back already? That's when I was already on my back. So once he cracked me and the blood started trickling down, like, yeah, this eye was a little bit blurry. That's where I was trying to track him with my feet. And once I started doing that, I felt like I was doing a good job of now seeing the punches because I was able to line myself up. Yeah. I'm throwing, like getaway kicks like i get back motherfucker get back get back get back so i'm thinking i'm doing the right thing but yeah this is one of those one of those things and then the co-main event this we damn near saw a dead body like how many shots did yeah, she take she took like 300 shots and she stayed on her guard if i stayed in my guard i'm getting put out because eventually a couple of those shots are going to add up add up add up and then one of them is going to be one too many so i'm thinking i did a good job of getting out of there and getting to a position where now he can't really hit me from this position cleanly with gravity and force and everything and his body weight. And I don't know, Mark just didn't think that was the right thing to do. I mean, I could only know what he's thinking in his head. I would just like to know. This way I could kind of, we can have a discussion. I think it's a good learning point for not just me, but for other fighters. Just so, because I, I feel like a lot of other fighters said the same thing. They thought it was an early, early stoppage as well. But if it's not, 
let us know why so that we know what you're thinking so at least going forward for somebody else that could change the outcome of a fight you just never know there should be a thing uh just refs and like in basketball where the refs or judges will explain their uh their point of view that'd be nice to get on the zoom with mark goddard do a podcast. I know Mark Werner Morale was coming after him. I'm, I'm like, I, I went that approach with him before, and I kind of gave him some crap in the, in the past. I know he probably saw it. <laughs> but uh, it was just all out of, like, sportsmanship and competition. You know, tensions were high. And, you know, you just want the best. Because we compete, we put so much into the training room. You just never want to see someone come up short and kind of feel like you, you've had an opportunity taken away from you because of someone else's opinion and judgment in real time. And that's the only thing. I'm just thinking title fight. Like, uh, I think, yeah, I think man. that changes everything. That it should. Everything. I was saying it's like in the finals, like the NBA finals, like the last two minutes, the refs won't make the same calls that they usually make because they want to let the game just kind of play out and they don't want to be like interrupt what could be like some magical comeback with like a foul or a flagrant foul. Crazy. But like, in in the UFC, it doesn't always play out that way, but I think it should, especially in title fights. Like, yeah, I I think you gotta earn side of caution because you don't want someone to get sent to the Neptunes. But I, you know, the one time I didn't tell a ref that, and I've told this to Mark Goddard before in the past too. I was like, dude, I want to go out on my shield. I talked a lot of shit. Let me go out on my shield. The one time I didn't do that was this fight because I just, I didn't even think there was any way I was really gonna be in that position. Like, he has a fight, but. I was like, ah, I think he knows my speech already. I've given him the speech multiple times. I think he knows what I'm going to say. So it doesn't need to be said. Like, it's understood. It's a title fight, right? And the ref's job is not that. easy, man. Ref's it's job not is easy. not easy. It's, That's it, why I'm not shitting on Mark at all. We've seen late stoppages, too. I think a couple of fight nights ago, I forgot who it was. I think it was, like, flyweights or, or bantamweights. I, I saw, like, 12 unanswered. Not 12, not literally 12, but a lot of unanswered elbows to a lifeless body. Yeah. And I'm like, bro. See, that's unexcusable. Cause you're like standing right there. Yeah, and, and that's if what they're I'm not saying. moving, it's like, dude, stop. He's him. out. <laughs> he's done. He was flatlined with a punch, but the elbows, that was just there was like five, six elbows that landed on the on, on the forehead. So And I'm saying I wasn't like tough, that when tough. he's throwing those punches and trying to connect, and then some of them connected. There was never a point where I was like that. So it's just like, oh, you want to see Aljo just get murdered? I'm like, well, clearly I could take the punishment and clearly I'm, I'm showing my wits that I'm moving and I'm staying in the fight. It's not like I'm just laying there and just being a corpse and covering up in a turtle position. Right. Just saying, okay, ref, come save me, come save me, come save me. Hey, what, why you stop the fight? Why you stop? It wasn't even anything like that. Uh, yeah, they're not supposed I, to stop it until you stop defending. Well, you show that you you're show that you're not going to defend it. Yeah, anymore. and that's what he said. He's like, just show me you want to be there. Do you think there. it's because you rolled the other way? Do you think that was an indicator for him? You didn't roll towards O'Malley to try and grab a leg. You rolled away. So do you think that that had to do with it? Like maybe no, he thought you were saying. about to cover so up. So I thought I rolled into a, new, uh, into a more suitable position for combat where he probably thought I was rolling. Maybe he thought I was going to roll and go flat and just turtle up. But by the time he stopped, you were building up. up. Yeah. And, that's what I was and there's, that, there's that Dominic Cruz discussion. Yeah. I was building up. I was working my way up. You know, you don't stop the fight when, the, when, when you're working your way up. I don't know, man. It's, these things are so close. And like I said, 
ref's job is never easy. It's like he might he stopped it and then he might have been like, damn, that was a second too early. Yeah. But he's not gonna get on At that stage. Point, and, he's yeah. Be like, it's I, a title fight that was called already. Yeah. 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 I I don't. I wonder. What, I actually wonder what he thinks. What what is his. What are, his, what are his thoughts on this? Like, I'm sure he doesn't think he made the biggest mistake of in UFC history, but I, I, I actually genuinely would just want to know just his thoughts on it. Yeah, I want to know if he thought like I was completely done. Yeah, just just genuinely, then, just because I want to. I literally just want to know. And what then he's looking saying. at me when we had the eye to eye contact, I want to know when you saw me eye to eye. Like, did you legitimately feel like you saw a defeated and and deflated person that was not coherent or there whatsoever? Because that would be an interesting dialogue for him and I to have. And not to like be like this. It just I just want to know, like, well, what did you, what did I show you in terms of body language that made you feel I wasn't with it or I was in no position to defend myself anymore in this fight? Um, but yeah, and you know the other thing about this this fight too and this whole training camp, I feel like because it was such a quick turnaround, like I didn't get to get have the time to get all the correct pieces to the puzzle to kind of just give me that simulation of the way Sean moved. I feel like I still did a good job of getting some of that look from some of the guys I worked with. But I do feel like I could have had a little bit more intent in some of the training sessions and getting guys a really good footwork. That's the one thing, like I said before, like Sean's footwork is one of the best, if not probably one of the, like, yeah, one of the best in the division. And just how elusive he is going side to side laterally and being able to go backwards and fight well going backwards. That's why I just kept taking the legs. But a lot of the guys I was training with, um, or even coaches that I would talk to, or just people I would see in the street, just a lot of comments. Everyone who seen me and they knew about this fight was just like, you're gonna kill him. You're just gonna grab him and throw him down. And I'm just like, have you ever been to a chicken coop and try to catch a chicken? It's not easy. No. It's yeah. not easy at all. And that's what it's gonna be like trying to catch a guy like that. But the difference is that chicken can actually strike back and hurt you. And that's the way I kind of approached this fight. And uh, I got exactly what I thought I was gonna get. I was like, the guy, I even had some family trying to tell me like, dude, you, you should have just wrestled him right out of the gate. I'm like, so you want me to just go out there and just shoot like just bad shots? Just to shoot? No, but the thing is, he did a good job of not letting you even align for a shot. A shot has Thank to you. be executed properly. Thank you. you know what I mean? It's not just, you don't just do it. It's not PlayStation where you press a button and that's it. The action is, he's moving on. He knows you want to take him down. And he knows, like he said, it's, it's life or death. He takes me down. It's a wrap. I keep it on the feet. I slide back. The longer the fight goes, I can catch him. You can't, yeah. So... It's not, it's just like he couldn't just come out and throw the right hand. He had to time it. He had to stay disciplined to it. He had to move. He had to line himself up and catch the opportunity to do it. You don't just come out, throw a right hand, and Aljo's out. Just like Aljo can't just come out and just wrestle and grapple you. You tried a few times. He did a good job at stuffing that knee shield that, that you were talking about yesterday. Uh, you could even go over that, the, the knee shield and, and that sequence where he turned you on the... Yeah, it's like one of the defenses yeah. we work on in, in the practice room, getting a good knee shield, controlling the hand, and then when you get the angle, cross-stepping the, the leg, and then just pulling the head, the entire face, and shifting your entire weight out, and that allows you to get that exit. And he did a beautiful job of that. I almost wanted to give him a, a fist pound after yeah, he nice did it. Like, yo, dude, yo, respect, man. That's some, that's some high-level defense shit right there, my brother. 
that's what I, that's kind of what I wanted to do, but I was like, damn, that was actually pretty good. That was actually yeah. pretty, pretty good. I, I would love to see in the rematch, like, I would love to see it go to the later rounds and see, can he move like that for five rounds or even Especially more after than three I take rounds. those legs. Take his legs. If you, you land a takedown or two, hold him down for a little bit, like, see what happens. Like, can he do that for five rounds, you know? And, and don't get me wrong. I know people, and I know Sean thinks, like, everyone that fights him just wants to kick his legs. Well, that's the only thing that is available to hit a guy who moves so well. The only thing that you can really take are the leg kicks or attacking the body with kicks as you try to circle out when you're going laterally. So from a tactical standpoint, that is the most efficient way to get to him and chip away and score points and force him to stay there and fight you. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing this guy around until you make a mistake, and then he does a great job of lining you up. So when people are saying just go out there and just shoot and just take him down, I'm like, yo, bro, you clearly haven't fought, or you just haven't fought anyone worth, anyone who's any good defensively for you to understand what the little difficult nuances are in a situation like that. And I think he's going to have success depending on who he fights. Um, but and even if he fights anybody else who's a wrestler, I think he's going to do good stuff unless these guys get good looks in trying to cut the cage off against someone who moves really well. And you got to make sure you simulate that so that you're not going in there overly confident, thinking that you're going to get something that's not going to be there. I'm telling you, it's not going to be there. And I knew that going in, and that's why I didn't force it because the one time I did shoot and he spun me around, I was like, okay, let's not do that again because if I do that, the next time he might be able to set up an, an exit with strikes and that's what we don't want so let's just keep playing the long game and i just got a little impatient that's the thing about a sh striker versus grappler matchups or just matchups at that level in general a sh uh, uh, even the grappler is gonna have to show the striker something on the feet before yes. he can implement his game the striker knows he th that the grappler wants to take him down and vice versa so you have to show something on the feet regardless. So the whole just, he just should a shot thing is kind of ridiculous. I, I obviously posted you a bunch of times over the weekend. And I also got some remarks about he should have just did this. He should have just did that. I'm like, do you guys know what it is to be at that level under that kind of pressure in Boston, the crowd and all these little things that add up? People just don't understand. And I don't think they care enough to understand. But that's what it is. So you want to hear it from the guy that's in the cage himself, he'll tell you. It's not just come out, take him down. It's, it's a fight. It's a fight, man. And even the guys that <clears throat> I, I have been able to, to do that against, all those guys are stationary fighters. The one guy who wasn't was Corey Sanhagen. But the difference between Corey Sanhagen when him and I fought versus O'Malley, O'Malley stayed on the lateral footwork, and I'm pretty sure he watched the Sanhagen fight over and over to see what Sanhagen did that allowed me to get close to a guy who has phenomenal footwork and is going backwards and then throwing a, a kick where he's on one foot right by the cage. He set himself up in that trap. O'Malley made sure as soon as I get to the cage, I ain't throwing a kick. I'm just moving my feet, moving, moving, moving. And that was where I was saying, like, even when we, we strategized, was like every time we did this in sparring, especially like we're going with Javid or Farid or whatever, or even Julian, when guys would try to do that for me, just take the legs. Take the legs. Every time they circle out, just take the legs. Because that's going to be the only thing that's there because it's so hard to hit guys up top who move well. And when you swing up top, they pull, they snipe. Especially with them having the height advantage and the reach advantage. So you got to be tactically dialed in 
And uh, I felt like we did a good job of that. It was just literally got a little over aggressive and paid for it. That's, just, that's it. I mean, I, I ain't got nothing else to say about it. The guy did a good job. He could have been the one that was getting annoyed that I kept kicking his legs. And he could have felt like, I got to get this guy. And then he could have come rushing him forward. I could have locked him up on a body lock. And then everyone would have been saying to him, why would you rush him? You should have been taking your time. Just be patient, bro. You gave him that. And yeah, it was a different conversation. You know what yeah, I mean? It's so crazy. It's, been the exact it's a game opposite. of this. Unfortunately. And it's like the craziest yeah. outcomes can happen. The most comfortable place to talk smack and then give your on this couch. expert <laughs> opinion is on a couch like this. In uh, a TV like that right there. I, I just don't want... Especially guys on our team thinking like that is that easy because if, it, if they think it's that easy I think that they're getting a false sense of security in the work that they they need to be doing to I, I Just don't think you should ever think like that. I, I just think it's a wrong approach That will only set you up for failure when you don't get that success. You don't get to that top 10 top five world title fight without having an iq i think iq is so like nobody talks about iq like iq is what's gonna get you a takedown not just going and taking somebody down so people it, it like at that level people catch on to your game too they know what you do they're gonna get ready for it well, so eyes you, on us bro yeah so so all you so what you have to do is be two steps ahead it's, it's a game it, it, the fight happens before uh, the bright lights on fight night. The fight is in camp when you're preparing to be two steps ahead of whatever, you're, whatever you assume your opponent is training to counter you. So you're, you're trying to counter his counters, basically. Yeah. It's kind of like Henry and I, man. Like, it was a constant chess match the entire fight. When I fought Jan, it was a constant chess match, trying to make sure I timed the right entry for the takedown whenever he got flat-footed and stood right in front of me. Okay, now I've set up my feint to get inside to attack the leg and hug the back and just go home and get the W. So it's, yeah, man, it's a, it's a game of inches. And yeah, like I said, kudos to him. I do hope I get the rematch, though. I just, for right now, I'm just, I'm good. Even if they would offer to me for December, I'm just like, bro, I'm, I'm okay. I just, I need a little more time than that. And you're definitely done thinking about 145. So. Yeah, I, I'm done thinking about 145 because it, it don't even make sense. It's just like the, this perfect scenario, the way I lined it up was, you know, beat Jan, beat TJ, beat Henry, beat O'Malley, 45. Defend once, maybe, hopefully, if I were able to do champ champ, do the unthinkable, and maybe be done after that. Or just take fun fights after that. So now I was just like, Dude, if I got caught like that, and even though I, even, I hate saying it like this because I got caught because I did something silly. It's not like the striker outstruck me for the whole five minutes and showed me levels. It wasn't like that. So, so question. You have a fun fight at 45. Great opportunity to secure the bag. Or do you want that belt back? So you say you're done with 45, but let's say six to eight months from now they give you an opportunity that's very fun and appealing to you do you stick with do you go for that or do you stick with trying to get that belt back do you want that belt funk master aljamain funk master Sarah, yeah no I do you would. want to be champion again yeah for sure whether it's at 35 or 45 but it, it just depends on what that path would look like at 35. 
Am I gonna want to go through the whole gauntlet all over again? Eh, probably not. But if they're gonna give me the immediate rematch, if Sean were to able to defend, and by time then he's still the champ, then okay. If not, I want to fight him. Like I don't really have a desire to fight. Him, yeah, so. it, it's not like a desire to fight someone else for the belt. It's really just him. Like if Cheeto wins in December, you don't. And they go, Aljo, you can fight Cheeto for the belt. It's kind of like, ah. Uh, I mean, I'll do it, but it's, I, I'm not as motivated for that fight that I would be to fight the guy who actually snapped my streak. It's different. Like, you want to get that back. I get it. I would like to get that back. No. To get definitive answers, because I felt like I outstruck the striker, and then I just fucked up at one point and gave him the fight. Like, you have, basically, it sounds like you have your ideas about how the fight could have continued and yeah. not landed that punch. And you want to make you want to make sure you're correct or see if you're incorrect. Yes. And see if you can get it back. Yes. If that's what you mean by definitive answers, because some people were confused by that. They're like, No, knockout uh, TKO is a definitive. Is it definitive like, finish? You have questions about how the rematch could go that you want definitive answers. Yes. Yeah. I have questions on if I don't make that bonehead mistake of getting over anxious and reaching and overextending myself and leaving myself there vulnerable. What happens? How does the rest of that fight play out? And I guarantee you it looks exactly like the first round, except now his legs are hurting, he's limping, and now it's easier to catch the chicken and to get the takedown, and maybe that fight's completely different. Yeah. Or maybe he catches me a different way. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he couldn't touch me. A guy like that who uses such great feints, guys, free game, just walk away. Let him fake and do all that BS and just walk away. Just look at him, walk away. Every time Sean was trying to do this, look away and trying to do the hip thing, I just said, okay, I'm gonna take a couple steps back. You can't hit me from here. And if you do, you're the one that's overextending yourself and putting yourself in a bad spot. And he did not do that. He made sure he was like, you know what? If I, and this is where I respect his discipline because he didn't get out of position saying like, damn, this fucker keeps moving. I wanna just get my hands on him. He did a good job of like, all right, I can't get him from here. So I'm going to just reset, too. And then the times that he didn't reset, I chopped the legs. All I know is your weight class, much like my own, is not one where you can't be sharp or get too full of yourself because there's always somebody and they're skilled. So it was a real one waiting for you. You already know. <laughs> you already know. I'm going to come forward on everybody. Oh, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll see about the whole 45 thing, too. But if there was an opportunity that made sense, yeah, I, I'd entertain it. But for now, I'm kind of like, just chilling, man. And they come up to you with $5 million against some... That, that some price tag would never, never happen. Gonna happen. All right, $2 yeah. million, a million. I, could, I could see them being like, yo, we want you to go up to 45. We'll make way for Mirab. Here's a good, here's a good fun matchup for you. Headline a fight night card in fucking some cool city. And here's your here's your next like this is what we see for you. I could see them doing that and you being like, eh, let's let's try this. They're not gonna give me the title fight. Fuck it, you know, big fights. Yeah. I'm curious how the crowd's gonna respond uh, in your. In my next one, right? Yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. Will they cheer? Will they boo? I don't know. It's crazy because like when they now that you were in a vulnerable position after the after the loss, now they like they have empathy for you and they want to hear you and then you had that amazing speech because i lost i know it's crazy <laughs> but like while you're winning they just hated you like they never stopped hating you they wanted to see you lose they finally got what they wanted and then they're like ah but why are they mad at me why not be mad at the judges why are you mad at me like no, they're mad at, they're mad at the way you won the belt and then they're just 
still mad at they're that. questioning your legitimacy they're questioning oh split decision this split decision that to that i can say yo if anybody thinks they can be more dominant than that then do yourself a favor. You go, go do it. You know, get a training camp. Put a training camp. You can have one amateur fight, then two, then five, then ten, and then you're ready for pro. And then have ten pro fights then to get yourself as the contenders of the UFC. And then work your way to the belt. Get dropped. Get KO'd. Come back. Do whatever you have to do. And then, and then you can talk. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that like, subscribe button, and we'll see y'all. Peace and fro grease.